This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. All right, folks, it is Sunday. We got NFL action on deck. But first, we got to talk about this F1 finale controversy because I know folks don't follow F1, and judging by all these comments I see on Twitter, most of you don't even know the damn rules. So heading into this final race in Abu Dhabi, Lewis Hamilton... The reigning champion, long-standing, record-setting champion. I mean, face of the sport. I mean, you know, honestly, wish the guy lost more, but it is what it is. He, he he's a goat. And Max Verstappen, the upstart uh, guy who's been rising through the ranks. We've been following him for years. We love Max. We want Max to win. I want Max to win. They're tied, dead even on points. Basically, winner take all. Whoever uh, finishes higher in the race wins the championship. Lewis has been out in front the entire race. And yes, there were issues going on earlier in the race, but honestly, throughout the course of the race, everything it's, uh, itself worked itself out. Lewis was up ahead by 14 seconds. There's a crash, a couple of laps, five laps left to go in the race. So be it. The caution comes out. The, it, the controversy comes... And people do not understand the rules. Lewis Hamilton cannot pit in the lead with the safety car out. He cannot pit unless they deem the race uh, allowable when the uh, the safety car comes out. He cannot pit. If he pits, he automatically concedes position on the track and the race can end. Unless the race director, Mossy, tells Mercedes Lewis can pit, he cannot pit. There was no communication that, because uh, I got the official ch- uh, channels, because Mercedes asked, what's going on? Are you sending out the safety car? Because once the safety car comes out, Lewis cannot pit. If he pits, the race is over because Max takes over. He's in second, even though he's 14 seconds behind. And basically, they run out the string. Lewis gives up his track position to get fresh tires. Now, what everyone's saying is brilliant strategy by Red Bull that Max gets fresh tires. It's not really brilliant strategy. It's a hope and a prayer strategy because the way the rules are supposed to be applied is when Max goes for the fresh tires, he is lapped down by all the cars, not the cars on the lead lap, all the cars that passed him too. This is where it, it got completely bored because there were multiple cars that passed Max, not necessarily on the lead lap. There were, uh, you've got, uh, you got 16 cars in the race. Max basically had, at least 12 cars that should have been out in front of him. Not four, at least double-digit cars. Uh, going back through this, I, you know, if I went back through the entire log of cars, but we don't have time to even do that. But just to explain the rules to people, because th- this is how this got completely messed up. 
race officials, knowing that they allowed Max to pit when realistically, this is one of the dumbest rules in F1. It's been happening throughout the year, and even NASCAR figured it out. When the caution comes out, you shouldn't be allowed to pit. If they keep saying it's a brilliant strategy, blah, blah, blah. It's not a brilliant strategy. It really isn't a brilliant strategy. Fresh tires are always preferable. It's the risk you run going a lap down, but that's why leagues across the world block off pit lane so you can't switch out your tires. It, it's Anyway, going past that. Be that as it may, Max gets fresh tires. He is supposed to be racing from behind with all the cars that have passed him on the track. The race officials communicate this to Red Bull in advance and Mercedes that, okay, Lewis stayed out. He gets the advantage of having all the cars out in front of Max. And maybe the race still con- uh, uh, concludes with one more race lap to go and uh, cars out in front of Max. Somewhere in the midst of going from four laps to go to one lap to go, the race officials, FIA, decide, now, you know what? We're going to send all the cars through. Not just, uh, uh, we're not even going to put the other cars back on the track. We're just going to send through the four cars on the lead lap and have them unlap so that Max races right behind Lewis Hamilton. Now, you can argue that the race director has the discretion, but by the actual letter of the law, he that's not the actual application of the rule. And people who want to say it's motor racing don't actually understand if you're actually putting out the race so that Max has fresh tires on the last lap of the race, right on Lewis's a bumper without the 11 second gap and fresh tires. That's not motor racing. That is literally handing the race to Max because there is no way Lewis Hamilton can actually win that race on old tires against Max. And what people don't understand is literally. If Lewis Hamilton really wanted to uh, go the, uh, the the other way of making, if, if he wanted to fight fire with fire, Lewis Hamilton could have won the championship by wrecking Max Hamilton, Dale Earnhardt style, because by wrecking him and taking them both out of the race, they both get a do not finish. Lewis had the fastest lap. He wins the title under auspicious circumstances, and everybody will be crying to their mother about how underhanded Lewis was wrecking Max when real in reality doing what it takes to win. That's actually what Lewis should have done. He took the high road and lost, but realistically he could have wrecked Max and that would have been the way to get around the whole shenanigans that the, uh, the racing director pulled by not actually properly enforcing the rules. That's how ridiculous the situation is. So all the casual people watching this race, seeing how ridiculous it is, People are saying how Lewis Hamilton got robbed. Yes, he did get robbed, but guess what? And again, I say this, you know, if you're trying to compete and do the best you can, guess what? Just try to wreck Max Verstappen and then you take care of business and you win the title. And that and that is actually fair game. It's not it's not it's not the nicest way of going about it, but it's fair game. Because the racing director screwed over Mercedes. Lewis could have actually taken the infraction and wrecked Max. And yeah, could they have tried to penalize him? Yeah, possibly. But now Mercedes is going to file a lawsuit. Technically, based off of the rule book, the rules were not properly applied. Will FIA, uh, FIA probably ignore him? Yeah, most likely. 
but this is such a cluster, you know what, that how are you going to end the final race of the year under that cloud of controversy? Max is the future of your sport, the guy you're trying to build around, and you give him his first title under such like circumstances that you have to put... Literally, there are people who are going to put asterisks next to this title uh, run because of how it was handled. Max deserved the title, period. But the way he got this title is so completely suspect that you can't take it seriously for how this race went down. It is so unfair to Max and Lewis how that race was handled. End of story. End of story. So... You know, the folks who were saying Lewis should have pitted, you're, you're completely wrong. You don't know the rules. And for those who are saying you should have allowed them to race, it's still the wrong application because even then, the safety car still has to go one more lap through before you send out the cars. If you're sending out the cars, the safety lap still has to complete another lap. So then the race is over anyway. None of this was up. I'm telling you, like, this is so stupid. I got to get into the NFL now because we are way behind schedule talking F1. But man, like, oh man, like for casual viewers, it's just a dumb way of introducing the sport because this actually did get hyped. There's a lot of shenanigans this year. I mean, I feel bad for casual fans trying to understand what just happened because uh, they're going to look at it and say, and I had people just message me wondering, should I bother following this sport? Because this seems to be a lot of hassle for what's going on. And I don't really have a great answer for it. I don't have a great answer as to how this got uh, butchered so horribly. All right. So just overall in this NFL slate, just to get into it, I'm focusing on two plays. I'm looking at Taysom Hill versus the Jets. And I'm looking at the Tampa Bay Buffalo game because I see points there. And I know I should be trying to pick on my New York football giants, uh, given the fact that they're going out to the West Coast, and I think the Chargers absolutely stomped them. And frankly, I would just bet the farm on the Chargers if you want to make money. It's my birthday weekend. I don't want to be making money just burying my giants. I don't want to do it. But the smart money is to put all your money on the Chargers blowing out the giants. And man, I don't want to do it because frankly, it just makes me too depressed watching the Giants struggle this much. It really is depressing. So with that being said, let's talk about this slate. Uh, First up, we got Carolina hosting Atlanta. Carolina favored by two and a half. Like these teams are terrible. I I don't want any action on this game. I think Atlanta probably wins it because Carolina's been in free fall with Cam Newton, but Cam puts butts in the seats. Uh, Cam will probably have a rushing touchdown somewhere. I have no interest in this game whatsoever from any fancy perspective. I want nothing to do with this game. I would not put any money on either one of these teams, but if I had to pick, I would take Atlanta to win. Uh, So I would say, you, you know, Atlanta to cover the spread. I mean, you know, as the dog, I, I, I mean, God, this game is terrible. Let's go. Let's move on. Cleveland hosting Baltimore. The Browns, three-point favorites, or two and a half, depending on the market. Baltimore is just so hit or miss. And I think Miles Garrett in this Browns defensive line, they match up pretty well against Baltimore, as we saw. It's Baker Mayfield's fault that they lost that Sunday night football game. Baker Mayfield could easily cost the Browns again today. 
But I have to think that, you know, they just let Nick Chubb do his thing and hopefully Baker doesn't F it up royally as as he's been doing lately. That's the only thing I could say here because I think Cleveland can slow down Baltimore enough offensively that they just get it done. I just don't have any interest in fantasy pieces outside of the Browns defense at 2,600 on DraftKings. They're cheap enough that I think I can make it work and maybe they can get some turnovers. But I really don't have any interest in any fantasy pieces in this game. Again, like I'm, I'm concentrating on select games here because some of these matchups just do not have any appeal for me. Uh, next up, we've got Dallas traveling to Washington to play the football team. Washington is a home dog. Dallas favored by almost a touchdown. Uh, it's just under six and a half. Uh, no Tony Pollard, uh, the best running back on the Cowboys. He, Zeke is still there being overpaid. Could Dallas win this game? Yes, they're heavily favored uh, as a road, <laughs> as a road, uh, as the road team. They are heavily favored. I think Dallas just takes care of business here. Uh, but do I like the pieces for Dallas to score points? I really don't. I, you know, Dallas has a lot of different mouths to feed. I'm not entirely sure that they get it done um, offensively enough to justify their price tags. Uh, again, Zeke is expensive. Uh, between Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, it's like, yeah, you could play them in Dak in a stack against Washington secondary. I don't hate it. I just don't really have that much interest in the stack itself. So I'm just not going there. As I said, I'm trying to keep a very tight pool in terms of how I'm playing it. Maybe it works. Maybe maybe it backfires spectacularly on me. But, um, you know, I, I just don't necessarily see it being um, uh, the best way of going about it. So, you know, just kind of looking at it that way. Uh, but I would take Dallas here for uh, betting purposes, and that's about it. Jacksonville traveling to Tennessee to play the Titans. Titans, eight and a half point favorites. Listen, Urban Meyer's done in Jacksonville. I mean, the report came out that he was trashing his coaches, literally asking them what have they done in their careers to justify their positions. And I want to say, Urban, you hired these people. What do you mean? What did they do? Did you not look at their resumes when you hired them? You're the one who hired them. You literally hired them. Oh, I, I was challenging their uh, their pedigree because we're losing games and I'm challenging them. He admitted to the report that he challenged his coaches about what have they ever won and that they're losers. What is this? this what is this team? He should have been fired. The, he should have been fired ages ago. I don't understand this. Like, Jacksonville is trying to take and, but there's like, they're not, they're still not bad enough to tank for the overall number one pick, but they're close. They're very close. They're two and 11. It's going to be two and 12. Just take, take the money, put it on Tennessee and their D squad because still everyone's still pretty much out. Like there's no one on Tennessee. I have no interest in this game fantasy wise because everyone's hurt. It's like people want to play Julio Jones. I still don't want to play Julio Jones, even at that price tag. He hasn't shown enough to do anything here. Man, I am... Jacksonville is so bad. So horribly coached. 
And yet still, there are so many bad other coaches on this slate. It's crazy. This is crazy. I don't even know what else to say. This is crazy. How is this guy still employed? How? Next up. <laughs> the Raiders and the Chiefs. Raiders, uh, nine and a half point underdogs to the Chiefs. The Chiefs, as bad as they've been playing. I, I don't even I don't even want to try to play the Raiders. Because I can't figure out this Raiders team. They're bad, but I can't tell how bad. It's so infuriating trying to figure out these teams. They are so bad. And yes, Gruden's gone, but that he would have been he still would have been the coach if not for those leaked emails. The the Raiders are bad, but they're they're six and seven. I I don't. Oh jeez, let's move on. Let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. I can't. I can't. I can't. It's like. Uh, it's like, uh, from a fantasy perspective, yeah, you could try to play the Chiefs, but really, I don't like, the price tags are too high. Like, the Chiefs have not been playing well. They're too expensive. Maybe you want to play Collider or Teller if you're playing the blowout script with the Chiefs to get a little bit different, but I can't pay that price for Tyreek and Kelsey. The only reason why I would do it is in a deep, if I'm playing it for percentage purposes, for ownership, because they look like they're coming in low, but even still. I'm not entirely sure that, that those ownership percentages are accurate. So I can't even recommend any of the Chiefs plays to you guys. I could say maybe you could try to play Hunter Renfro in a blowout script where Vegas just dumps off passes to Hunter Renfro. But even I can't have that much conviction because Vegas is that bad that they, they could just end up not giving him the rock. Man, these are bad games. Uh, Next up, we got... We got the Jets hosting. <laughs> we got the Jets hosting the Saints. I mean, geez. Here's the game I wanted to talk about. Taysom, terrible QB, just awful QB. But the Jets are so bad defensively, so bad. So, long story short, Taysom is a terrible QB. The Jets, terrible defense. I don't know if I want to pair Taysom with a wide receiver. But I know Taysom and Kamara could easily combine for over 200 yards rushing against this Jets defense. So, I'm going to have a ton of builds with Taysom and Kamara paired together. I may still try to uh, pair another wide receiver, but uh, it looks like little Jordan Humphrey at 3,200 is out. And I don't know if Taysom has the the rapport. I was searching for the word with uh, Marquez Calloway and Traquan Smith to get there. I know he forced the ball to Traquan quite a bit, but I don't. It's like Taysom is so inconsistent throwing deep balls, much like my complaints about Jalen Hurts and playing Jalen Hurts, that it's almost better off playing them naked. But because Kamara is such a focal point to the Saints offense and they follow everything through him, that I think uh, Kamara is still safe, even though I think Taysom vultures a touchdown uh, rushing from him at the goal line. Like that's like just the way they, they play. So it's weird in that dynamic, but I, I kind of have to look uh, gauge it in that regard where, you know, the, the jets are just terrible. And I don't know if it makes sense to run it back with anyone. I'm probably going to get suckered into playing Jamison Crowder because literally the jets have no one else to throw the ball to. But Zach Wilson has been so bad, 
and I've talked about this on the show repeatedly. If you heard me like talk about how bad uh, Zach Wilson is. So it's just one of those things where I think it, it may not make any sense to run it back with any Jets players. You may just run Taysom and Kamara together without any Jets players. And that might be the best course. But I may just talk myself into running it back with Crowder. And it's just because I like to correlate lineups. But sometimes you don't always have to correlate. And it, it I don't know, it, it, it's, it's, it, it, it suckers me in. It does sucker me in. I'm not going to lie. It, it, it can very easily sucker me in. But I, I love Taysom in this spot, even though Taysom sucks in real life. He flat out sucks. It's, this is the worst QB matchup on the slate by far. Zach Wilson already looks like a complete bust for the Jets. Already. But let's keep it moving because we don't have a ton of time. Seattle and Houston. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Texans. I mean, they, they, they're, they're benching, they're base, benching Tyrod Taylor. It looks like Davis Mills is QB. It doesn't really matter. They're going to lose by double digits, even though Seattle's terrible. I don't even want to trust Seattle's offense at all at this point. I've been burned too many times. If there's if there's a day Russell Wilson goes off passing, it'll probably be today, but I won't be on it. And I'm just going to live with it. If Russ beats me, he beats me. Uh, it's like uh, this is the last week to qualify for the fantasy uh, world championships uh, on DraftKings and FanDuel. I, I cannot risk it playing Russ. I'm sorry. It's like, between Russ and the Bills, I've been burned so many times <laughs> this year. It just, no, I can't. Um, so let's get into the afternoon slate. Broncos hosting the Lions. Broncos, uh, I mean, this line just keeps jumping higher and higher. It started out at nine. It's it's up to nearly double. It's up to nearly four, 14. I think it's 12 and a half. Um, but it, the Lions are terrible. We just don't know if Melvin Gordon's playing. And here's the important distinction. Melvin Gordon is cheaper than Javante Williams. Javante Williams is 5,900. Uh, 5, uh, Melvin Gordon is 5,400. If Melvin Gordon gets cleared, Melvin Gordon's probably going to get the bulk of the carries over Javante Williams. I would have Javante stored in your lineup. If Melvin gets declared in, you can pivot to uh, Melvin Gordon and use the extra $500 in salary elsewhere. But I will probably save some lineups where I'm playing both uh, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon together. The Lions are the worst rush defense in the league by far. They are, and the Raiders are close too. But the the, the Lions, I mean, they are bad on run defense, and Denver loves to run the ball. So it's like a it's a perfect scenario. It's a scenario where. You can get 200 yards rushing out of the Broncos. So I'm literally looking at this. You can pair Kamara, Javante, and Melvin Gordon together. I maybe I won't do it, but I think I will. <laughs> it's like uh, it, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy that I may end up pairing all of them together and just run the crap out of the ball. It, it, it's it's one of those things where I can see it happening. And it's not the craziest thing in the world. It's not the craziest thing. And, you know, these these teams, the the way they're willing to just force the rock and just run it into the ground, I, I think you can just smash teams with uh, a frost of construction 
if you build it out correctly. I, I honestly think you can. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those things. It's one of those things where I, I think you can, you can definitely get there. But um, yeah, it, it's like th- this is this 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 slate is to me. This slate is crazy in this regard that you have so many options uh, that are in potential smash spots that like trying to ignore them. It's just the dumbest thing you could do. I, I just don't I don't see the need for it. It to me, it doesn't make sense to try to ignore certain spots. To me, Denver is a perfect spot to target. Speaking of other spots to target in afternoon spots and just save your lineups. Chargers playing my Giants. Literally, the Giants are a complete joke. Complete joke. The Chargers are favored by should be favored by double digits. Uh, they crept under uh, double digits because Keenan Allen is uh, out because of COVID protocols. And, you know, here's the thing. The Giants suck. They absolutely suck. It doesn't matter who the receivers are out there. You you got Mike Williams. You got, uh, and, you know, they're, they're probably going to have to play Jalen Guyton. Uh, the, the, Josh Palmer's gotten involved. All three of those guys are getting work in my lineups. I think you can play multiple receivers from the Chargers, and you don't even need Herbert. Uh, if you want to play Taysom in in uh, Josh Allen, you don't even need Herbert. I think I think all three of those guys can smash though. The thing is that the Giants are so bad that the Chargers could just blow out the Jar- uh, the uh, the Giant uh, Giants so badly that Herbert doesn't get there from ceiling. I think uh, between uh, Tampa and Buffalo. Josh Allen is going to get in the shootout with Tom Brady. So I, I think you have to, I just would put priority over uh, Josh Allen over uh, Herbert. That's just the way I look at it. So to me, you know, trying to play it. Yeah, I could play Herbert and I know Herbert's going to put up numbers against the Giants. It's just, I don't know if he's going to put up enough because the Giants are just like a turtle uh, turned on its back with Joe Judge coaching this team. And Mike Glennon at QB uh, with Daniel Jones still injured. Th- this is a complete joke. Like you c- do not run, do not play any Giants this week. Do not do, do not play Saquon. Do not play Saquon. Saquon could get a garbage TD. Good for you. Saquon at six K is a non-starter. Saquon needs to be under five K. You have Melvin Gordon <laughs> and Javante Williams for less money than Saquon. Do not play Saquon. It makes no sense to play Saquon. Play the Denver Broncos against the Lions run defense. Do not play Saquon. Do not play Saquon. I'm going to say it again. Do not play Saquon Barkley in DFS this week. Unless somehow you're playing him with the Broncos, do not play him. Do not play him. I'm like, I'm just going to say it makes no sense to play Saquon over the Broncos running backs. I don't care if they're splitting carries. They're still going to get more opportunities in the red zone than Saquon will have this entire game against Chargers. Just do not do it. Please. That's a public safety announcement. Do not do it. Save your money. All right. <laughs> Speech over. Uh, we, we got Bengals hosting the 49ers. The Bengals are the worst coach team in the NFL because 
They should be favored by at least three points. They're favored by less than three points because they are the worst coach team in the NFL, and Vegas knows it. Are the 49ers even remotely impressive to anyone? Anyone? Are, are, like, is there is there any reason why anyone would think the, the 49ers are impressive? None. There is zero reason to think that. This is just the fact that, <laughs> I mean, the Bengals are the worst coach in the NFL by Zach Taylor. They are the worst coach team in the NFL. The worst coach team in the NFL. By far. Even worse. I think Zach Taylor is a worse coach than Urban Meyer, who I think should have been fired weeks ago. This is how badly coached I think the Bengals are. It's insane. I think Urban Meyer is actually a better coach than Zach Taylor, which is it's like, on the, literally, Urban Meyer, he's like, you can make a case. Oh my goodness. It's just it's bad. It is bad. It is it's inexcusable. The amount of talent that the the Bengals have. That the Bengals they can miss the playoffs. And like the division the they're in is so mediocre this year. I I I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I, 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 seriously, I don't get it. Fantasy-wise, the, the 49ers got a bunch of injuries. Eli Mitchell's out. Debo uh, is uh, likely to be in. But I would say, you know, you can play Debo, but Debo's still expensive. I don't want to be playing Debo at that price tag. Just the way that, like, I just do not want to be playing Debo at that price tag. I think Debo's price tag is a little too rich. And I think Kittle's price tag is a little too rich. So, to me, this is a case where I I, I, I just, I don't have much confidence in either side, to be perfectly honest. I really don't have that much confidence in uh, the 49ers or the Bengals. I'm going to pick the Bengals to win, but man, if they lost, just fire Zach Taylor. Just fire him after the game and just get it over with. Because, like, this team should, there's no question why, like, the way the Steelers have been so lackluster, the struggles of the Ravens, the Browns being tanked by Baker Mayfield, there's no reason why the Bengals should not be in first place in this division. Like, this is the worst coach team in the NFL. Point blank, worst coach team in the NFL. There's nothing else to say about it. So that leaves us with our marquee game of the week. Buffalo traveling to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers, uh, the defending champs. Uh, Bucks favored by three and a half. I think Buffalo wins this game. Buffalo needs this game. They get, they're, they're, the, they're the desperate team. The Bucks, the Bucks are nine and three. The Bills are seven and five. Uh, the Bills need this game. They need this game in the worst way possible. They need it in the worst way possible. They cannot lose this game because if they lose this game, they are very much in danger of falling out in going into this wild card picture realm. It, 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 that's very funky, and they still have a dicey schedule of games. It's not like they have a, a picnic of games left to go in the season. They need this game because they played themselves into a bad spot. The division's over pretty much if they lose this game to Tampa. 
because they lost Monday night to the Pats and, and you know, got run over by the Patriots who threw three total passes the entire game. I, 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 I didn't even have time to talk about how ridiculous that game was. Three total passes. Three total passes. Unbelievable. But, you know, they, so you get bitch slapped by the Patriots. You cannot get thumped by Tampa. Like, the Buffalo needs this game. Buffalo is up against a terrible secondary in Tampa Bay. This plays right into Buffalo's strengths because they only want to chuck the ball anyway. Uh, there's not a whole lot of thought process that goes into what uh, the Bills' play calling is. They have questionable decision-making from coaching at times to Josh Allen decision-making process as to what he's doing. He's all over the place. He, 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 you can tell that his favorite player was Brett Favre. He didn't even have to tell you this by looking at how he plays the game. Uh, much like Carson Wentz, just like you have some of these brain fart moments that you're wondering what the hell he was thinking. So point blank, Buffalo needs this game. I'm taking Buffalo. I think this is the highest scoring game on the slate. I think they put up the most, uh, like I said, I think both sides put up points. I'm playing Tampa's side with Brady and Godwin and Gronk and Evans uh, and Leonard Fournette. They're all in my player pool. All of them are going to be played today. On the Buffalo side, I'm playing Allen. I'm playing Diggs. I'm playing Beasley. I'm playing uh, Gabriel Davis. I'm playing Emmanuel Sanders. Just playing, uh, playing Dawson Knox. Playing all of them. And doing different game stats. And there will be points in this game because even with one side going down, they both will throw enough that they're going, they're going to be able to put up points point. Like just flat out, they're going to be able to put up points. And I don't like, I don't see how these defenses slow down the, uh, these offenses. I don't see it. I don't see how I, I don't see how I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. I really don't see it. Like if, if this game doesn't break 50, because to me, like this over under its weight is, is low. It, like it's 52. I think this game should, should go. This game could go into the sixties and would not even be remotely surprising. So to me, betting the over is it, fine. It's like, this should break, break through 50 easily. I, I, I think this goes into the sixties. Unless th- these teams would mess around, and I don't see it. these teams need this game. Tampa wants us to lock down the number one uh, seed in the NFC. They're going to go hard for this game. They- there's not going to be a letdown from Tampa because they they know Green Bay is right there. Green Green Bay the Green Bay's got the same record. Green Bay's playing Chicago tonight, and I don't even know what to say about the Chicago side because it, you know the fact that you're hoping Andy Dalton starts is. Dear Lord, this should be a massacre by Green Bay. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know what what else to say. Like, the Chicago side is just a, a nightmare uh, of a game. It's like the Packers should stomp Chicago. The Packers are favored by eleven points. I I I don't. It's going to be low scoring because Chicago can't move the ball. Like Matt Nagy, like so many coaches should have Like, how is Matt Nagy still employed? Like, there's so there's so much bad coaching going on. And these teams just are letting it play out the string because they know these coaches suck, so they want the draft pick. 
it's it's utterly bizarre. It's utterly bizarre how how this is going down. So to me, uh, we're 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 just uh, we're just biding the time. We're biding time, and uh, and it it is just going to be. It, 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 it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be just a mess. It's gonna be a, an absolute mess uh, between these teams. So, um, I, I, I just don't know what else to say about that Chicago Green Bay game for Sunday Night Football. I don't even know what I'm gonna do with Showdown Show, to be honest, because I, I, I can't find anything compelling to talk about with Chicago. So we'll see, we'll see how the how the slate goes if I talk about Sunday Night Football. But that's going to do it. Um, we got Monday Night Football with uh, tomorrow with uh, Arizona hosting the Rams. I'll talk about that one in detail uh, tomorrow. I, I like the Arizona side, but, uh, you know, we got to get uh, we got to get out of here um, and get this uploaded. So uh, good luck, everyone. Focus on the the Saints game and Taysom and then the Tampa game in Buffalo. Yes, it, it'll be popular, but y- you can get different in other spots uh, if you if you wait on the, uh, the, the Denver news, um, because I don't think a lot of people, I don't think as many people are focusing on the Denver game as they should, because the fact that people were talking about Saquon Barkley has me like rubbing my hands. I, I can't wait to see the Saquon Barkley ownership because, uh, it, it, it really is, uh, it, it really is like head scratching. What's going like the fact that people actually talked about Saquon Barkley re- in relevancy in DFS. Do not play Saquon, please. All right, that's all, folks. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.